Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm excited to bring you today's featured guest, Steve Olsher. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So if anybody out there doesn't know Steve yet, let me give you a little background. Steve Olsher is known as the world's foremost reinvention expert. He's famous for helping individuals and corporations become exceptionally clear on their what. That is the one thing they were created to do. His practical, no-holds-barred approach to life and business propels his clients towards achieving massive profitability while also cultivating a life of purpose, conviction, and contribution. He's been an entrepreneur for more than 25 years. Steve is actually the chairman and founder of Liquor.com. He's an online pioneer who launched uh, on CompuServe's electronic mail in 1993. He's got a New York Times best-selling book called What's Your What? Discover the One Amazing Thing You Were Born to Do. He's also the author of Business Technology Book of the Year, Internet Profits. The world's leading experts reveal how to profit online. He's the host of the number one rated radio show and podcast, Reinvention Radio. He's also a keynote speaker around the world. And as you can imagine, a very in-demand media guest who's appeared on CNN, The Huffington Post, Entrepreneur on Fire, and countless other media outlets. Steve, do me a favor. I mean... We covered a lot there. Can you give us a glimpse into like how you got started doing the work that you do? You know, man, it's uh, it's a long trek, right? Because I've always been wired as an entrepreneur. I mean, there are some people who say that uh, entrepreneurs aren't necessarily born, they're made. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with that. I mean, I think you either are or you're not. I mean, and I just always have been, I mean, literally from the time I was old enough to pick up a rake and try to move some leaves around or grab a shovel and uh, try to shovel some sidewalks and driveways for the neighbors and make a few bucks. Uh, it's just how I've been wired. So, man, I, I tell you, over the years, and uh, and I've literally been an entrepreneur since, uh, since my late teens. I mean, I don't count that early stuff as being a true entrepreneur. I mean, the first <laughs> endeavor uh, that I took on was opening up my own nightclub when I was 19. So that was... Wow. That was my first true entrepreneurial endeavor, and man, it's led to a whole bunch of, well, really interesting things over the years, catalogs, dot-coms, real estate, writing, speaking, online marketing, and uh, and you name it. I mean, I think I've done it, including uh, when I was 17 for a brief stint there, I, I did sell speakers out of the back of a van, so I was that guy for a minute. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you know, it's I love that, that foundation of your life because obviously i mean here on speaking of partnership we talk about all kinds of partnerships and clearly when you're in an entrepreneurial world there's endless partnerships that are in front of you whether they be your direct partners in your business or the people that you partner with as clients or, or other resources and that's for sure and you know from from my perspective you're 
family is uh, is probably your biggest partnership of all, right? I mean, if you don't have the support of of those under your your roof, it's really hard to operate uh, <laughs> in any sort of reasonable capacity, right? So I think the, I think those partnerships start at home, you yeah, know, with the wife or the husband or the significant other and the kids, and just making sure they're clear on on, on what you have to get done. And then learning to compromise on their agendas as it relates to yours uh, and finding a, a happy medium that allows you to, to really thrive in, in your business. Because I think most can attest to this. I mean, if you don't have the support of those who are at home, uh, you're going to have a pretty tough go. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And that makes me want to ask you, Steve, I mean, when you think about you know having that partnership, whether it be at home or in, or in your business world, I mean we all get off track once in a while, right? What, what do you do to get back on track? Do you have a guiding principle or a quote or a mantra that you use to kind of get you back centered when you need to? I, I don't necessarily have a a mantra per se, but I, I will say this: that I saw a great quote today, which I I think is, it really didn't hit me until I saw it. And literally I saw it today. It's kind of ironic, but Mm -hmm. the quote, uh, and I'll paraphrase here, but it was basically, you know, don't give up on whatever it is that you really want to do. Sometimes you just have to take a time out. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I do think there is something to be said for that period of recharging. And, it is something that I that I try to do uh, as as needed. And if I'm being completely honest with you here, man, I've kind of taken a time out if, man, for the better part of, well, probably a dozen years. You know, I mean, I've still been doing a lot in some people's eyes. They would say I've been doing an incredible amount. But in my eyes, uh, I don't feel like I've even really scratched the surface in terms of what I can get done and what I can be doing. So, you know, I made a um, I made a conscious choice to be able to spend as much time with the family as I could because I, I just know when you when you reach your final days, you're you're going to look back and and you will regret not spending more time with those who you love, and you certainly won't regret not having spent more time at work, right? So that's that's been a conscious decision of mine is uh, my well, my kids are 14 and uh, and 11 now. And since the year 2000 and my first child was born in 2003, my second child in 2006, you know, I've been able to walk them to school every day and change the the diapers, you know, as needed and give the kids every other bottle, just kind of take pride in that, you know, and that recharge, that period of time to really understand what is most important to you. I think we we definitely need to reflect on that. Uh, well, for some people, they need to do it on a consistent basis. And others, they just need to set a larger goal, if you will. And for me, that goal was figuring out how to establish myself uh, in a way where I could spend more time with my kids while they were growing up. Yeah, that's that's a great, great reminder because, you know, like you said, you, you do need to take time out. And you need to assess what are those priorities so you don't just get sucked in one direction and not even realize what you're missing. Yeah, and and I do think that time is, uh, well, 
this is not an original thought here, but I mean, time is certainly fleeting, right? And, and I think time has a, a tendency to really slip away from us. And so if, if we're not clear on the two ways to use your time, and in my way of thinking, there's really only two ways to use your time. You can spend your time or you can invest your time. And I think if, uh, if you're not clear on what it is that you want to do and how to design your life, uh, you're going to find yourself spending a lot more time than you are investing it. Very true. Very, very true. So, Steve, let me ask you this, because our, our listeners have told us they, they love how generous our guests are, because our guests are great about sharing their own personal stories of, you know, what's gone on in their life regarding partnership. And I, I'd love to ask you to share a time in your life when, well, you kind of tripped up in a partnership, you know, what, what was going on? What did you trip on? And, and what did you end up learning from that experience that helped you move forward? Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, um, geez, right? I mean, it's definitely, uh, as much as I hate to say it, it it's, it's, a, it's, it's a theme, man. I mean, even if we go back to the nightclub deal where I, obviously at 19, I didn't have the money that I needed to, to open the club. So I wrote the plan and went out and raised money and I ended up actually finding one partner who financed the whole thing. And it worked out well for the first little bit. And then after a couple of years, uh, we had a falling out and, um, and eventually, uh, he ended up suing me for, for what I owe for, you know, basically what he contributed. And yeah, there was some debate over whether or not that made a lot of sense, but being a man of, uh, of my word and trying to live with high integrity, uh, I actually paid back every dollar that, uh, that he put into it. So that uh, that was the first partnership gone wrong. Uh, I will say that probably the the biggest one, uh, although I've I've had others, and and basically the moral of the story is Steve Ulster just doesn't need to be working with other people, right? I mean that's kind of the the moral of the story there is I need to to simply be doing things when I have a vision about something. Um, I just need to bring that to fruition and stop feeling like I have to rely on other people, right? Because I think that's a, a big part of it is losing sight of your own abilities and not having the confidence that you need to to do it on your own. And I think that's really what was going on for me. And frankly, that, uh, that's been a theme of my career is always feeling like I need others to fill in the holes and bringing them on as, as partners, as opposed to just simply hiring out for those weaknesses. Uh, and that's definitely a lesson learned is moving forward, I will absolutely hire those things out as opposed to bringing uh, you know, on full, you know, full fledged partners, if you will. But uh, the biggest one was definitely uh, when we wanted to take the company that I launched online in 1993. So that that was the company uh, that ultimately became liquor.com, like what you drink. Uh, and we picked up that domain in 1998. But uh, when we launched on CompuServe's Electronic Mall in 93 and then built a fully functional e-commerce site in 95, had a pretty clear vision of what the company needed to be. And then come 98, when we picked up the liquor.com domain and then things started just really just going gangbusters in the online space, uh, it just seemed like it was one of those moments in time where we've got to bring in partners and outside capital to to try to really take advantage of that forthcoming shift that, that in those days, I mean, it was, it was good. 
but you know, now it's so much easier to do things online than it was then. So we, we needed money, right? We needed money to be found. We needed money to really establish liquor.com as the go-to entity in that space. And I, and I brought on partners to, to make that happen in the form of what Wall Street wanted to see, uh, which was in order to take the company public. They wanted to see a, a seasoned CEO and a CFO and a CTO and, you know, all these lettered saviors. Uh, and I bought into it hook, line and sinker. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, the reason still unbeknownst to me. Uh, the timing put us in uh, in that March of 2000 time period, uh, and that was, of course, the the beginning of the end and that final uh, implosion there, or the beginning of the implosion, I guess, uh, as far as the period of irrational exuberance was concerned. And uh, and sure enough, we we didn't go public, couldn't go public, because uh, the public markets had completely dried up, and. My hands were tied because I had signed away management rights to the company and brought in all these partners and so on. And uh, and that was that that was a really hard lesson to learn. It's one thing to do it with the club. Uh, and it's another thing to do it with a company that uh, I had built uh, doing millions and millions of dollars in revenue uh, and having to, to step away from that literally after nine years of building it. Wow. Yeah, it's it's that's such an interesting, you know, passage that you went through there because like you said like the the public market disappeared it was gone and yet everything you had given up in your company was to position yourself to go public mm-hmm. and yeah absolutely. that wasn't an option you would have never given that up that is absolutely true and so you know i i am definitely one that believes things do happen for a reason i don't believe in fate uh necessarily but i do believe that things happen for a reason and it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was just a lesson that I had to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's flip this around a little bit. Let's, let's look at a successful partnership, right? A time when you think back on that and, you know, it could have been business, it could have been family, it could have been romantic. But when you think back, you're like, dude, that was so cool. You, you're like, you can't help but smile because you're like, that was an amazing partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the truth is that when when I have sat in the the driver's seat of those partnerships, then I would say those are those that that I look back on and I go, yeah, that 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 was that was really good. It, it's when I've relinquished control in some way that it hasn't. I guess the bottom line is I'm a control freak, right? I mean, I think that's, <laughs> that's just kind of the bottom line there. But you know, I've, I've had great partnerships I and mean, I've been doing live events uh, for a number of years. And I consider those live events to to all be partnerships. I mean, mm-hmm. we do uh, an event called the New Media Summit where 150 attendees have the opportunity to come and learn how to leverage and monetize the power of new media. But the main hook, the main promise of the event is that we also bring in 40 of the world's leading podcasters and give folks the opportunity to pitch them on who they are and what they do and literally get booked on the spot, right? So it's it's a very unique event, but it wouldn't work if I didn't have the 40 icons of influence there. So that to me is a true partnership. I mean, it is a true win-win for the attendees. It's a win for our team. And it is a win for the icons because they find amazing guests for their shows. They develop really deep relationships with them because it's uh, it's a very 
relationship-oriented event where they spend ample time with one another and really get to know one another over those three days. Uh, but that would be uh, the purest definition of, uh, of what I would call a, a win-win-win, a try-win partnership. Yeah, no, that's a great example because you're right. It's like there's several different layers of partnership going on there, whether they be the people that are attending or the people that are presenting, and yet all of them have a different relationship with the actual event and with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and look, I mean, there have been other partnerships where I'm, I'm in the internet marketing world. So this world is built on partnerships and promoting a friend who then turns around and promotes you and you have complimentary products, programs and services. So, you know, I'm happy to introduce my audience to people who I feel like I have a, a good relationship with and some degree of a, of a partnership with, if you will, you know, people like Christian Michelson and Bill Barron and Justin Livingston and, you know, that whole world there. And I'm, I'm happy to to be partnered with them and, and be one that they share with their audience and, and, and vice versa. So you know, I think partnerships just um, you know, if we're looking at it simply by a, a raw definition, uh, I think that it's is really just something where more than one party comes together for the greater good of all. And and that certainly would fall under the definition then in, in terms of how I look at a partnership, uh, that would certainly fall under that definition. Nice. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. I mean, it's it's got to be that aspect of of it's not just about one party. Obviously, we got to look at the bigger issue of what's the partnership, what's necessary for the partnership to thrive, which is amazing. Yeah. So I want to ask you something because your, you know, I'll call it your 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 fame of as an author is that what is your what, and how does the what play into partnership? Well, your your what is really the the term that I use for understanding how you're naturally wired to excel. And there's three components of the what is your what framework. And so to figure out what your what is, you need to have clarity around what your core gift is, what the primary vehicle is that you will use to share that gift with the world, and then who the people are that you are most compelled to serve. And to be a good partner, uh, in business and in life, I, I think you do have to have clarity around what your what is. Otherwise, you're just kind of going down a path that you really think you should take, uh, but you're probably not truly compelled to take it. And that's going to show up. It may not show up today. It may not show up tomorrow. Uh, but at some point, it's going to show up and that's not going to make you a very good partner. Yeah, I love what you said there, Steve, because I, I I use the same language of it's, you know, there's there's some gift there, right? And, and if unless you're in that partnership where you're both on board for that gift to be brought forward, it's not going to really hold up. It's going to start to unravel. Yeah. And and again, I mean, we can we can play in facades and try to hold up this this house of cards uh, but something's going to happen to make that unravel. And if, uh, again, if it's not today, it will happen at some point because you truly have to be fired up to do 
what it is that you're doing in order to create something that is scalable and sustainable. Uh, otherwise, it's going to have an expiration date on it, and uh, we know what happens with things that expire. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty self-defining, right? Oh, yeah. Awesome. I love that. So we've got to kind of towards the end of the show here, Steve. I, I want to wrap things up in a way that I want to make sure we, we give our, our listeners something they can walk away with that's kind of like a bite-sized nugget. And the first thing I'd like to ask you is what do you consider the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? Well, you know, I, I can't pinpoint one particular bit of advice or uh, one particular phrase or motto or, you know, anything of that nature. But I, I do believe that, generally speaking, my grandfather probably said it best insofar as partnerships or relationships are concerned, which you know, one day I had been talking to him and I had the I had the uh, I was fortunate to be able to work with my grandfather for about three years before his passing. And I remember once we were talking about someone who had pretty much just burned him pretty badly, just stole an idea, took it to market and, and really, I mean, just, you know, did something really crappy, you know, around something that my grandfather had shared with this guy. And, and, and I asked him, you know, are, are you angry about this? Are you, are you bitter about that? I mean, how, how, how do you feel about that? And his, his response was basically, you know, look, if, if I hold on to that pain or if I hold on to that suffering, ultimately I'm the one who's in pain and I'm the one who suffers. And so I've learned, this is him talking, you know, I've learned just to literally smile and move forward. And, you know, there, there's the alpha male in me who looks at that and goes, oh, smile and move forward. You know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, God, you know, let's let's hand him his butt. You know, I mean, like, you know, why, why would you just walk away from that? But it, it really is. It, it's a very powerful piece of advice about just smiling and moving forward. I mean, you know what the truth is and you don't have to live your life trying to either a hold on to the past or or b try to bring anybody else down based on something that they did to you because at the end of the day you don't really gain in any meaningful way by doing so and so you know partnerships can be good partnerships can be bad uh, but at the end of it all if I were to see some of those folks who I've had partnerships with and, you know, I've had other partnerships over the years, including being partners with um, someone that the industry, uh, the, in the Internet marketing world specifically looks at and goes, wow, that guy is uh, amazing. He's a pioneer and, you know, he's done so many incredible things. And having worked with him personally and been a partner with him, uh, I know exactly who he is. But, you know, when I see him now and uh, needless to say, the partnership did not work out and uh, I saw his true colors. Uh, when I see him now, I just smile and shake his hand and I know the truth. And it doesn't do me any good to do anything other than that. Yeah, that's you're right. That's a very powerful piece of advice. And it, it made me think it kind of circles back to something you said earlier about our time. Right. You can spend it or you can invest it. 
And the same goes in the situation you just described with your grandfather of the energy. You could have either spent it on being bitter and angry and all that or invested in something better, which is, okay, well, I'm going to smile and move on. It's done. Yeah. And, and ultimately, whatever you decide to do is going to have a direct bearing, a direct impact on your life and not theirs, but yours. And I think a lot of people feel that their victories are, are born in, in bringing down others in terms of basically being able to kind of walk over them, if you will, to get to where it is that you think you need and want to go. And I have never found that to be the case ever. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Steve, since you're an author, I, I, I mean, we talked about your book, What Is Your What? I'm curious, what what's another book or a resource that you would recommend to our listeners around partnership and why that particular one? Well, I would simply say that, again, to be a, a good partner, you have to be the best version of yourself. And... Otherwise, your stuff is going to rear its ugly head. I mean, just like it did with this Internet marketing guy that I'm talking about. You know, he's got issues that he needs to figure out and hopefully one day he will and maybe he won't. But I honestly believe that if you can be the best, the, the, the best version of yourself and heal that which has ailed you, uh, you're going to find yourself in uh, in a really good position of being an awesome partner. And to that end, uh, if, if you're asking me for a recommendation, I honestly believe that uh, You Can Heal Your Life is one of the best books you can read. Nice. That's a great book. Yes, yeah, uh, Louise Hay, for those who are not familiar with that one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's an absolutely fabulous book. So excellent. Thank you. And Clearly, Steve, I mean, even though we're at the end of the show, we've probably just scratched the surface here. So yeah. can you let our listeners know how do they contact you? How do they learn more about what you do? Uh, you know, I mean, we've been talking a lot about uh, just the, the whole sort of what is your what and being the best version of yourself and gaining clarity on what truly puts fire in your soul. So, I mean, I would certainly say the, the book uh, that I put on the New York Times list in 2013, I think, uh, which is called What Is Your What? Discover the One Amazing Thing You Were Born to Do is definitely a great place to start and you know, make it super easy for you. Hopefully, uh, it's, uh, I've already piqued your interest in it and it's a book you were going to run out and, and grab, but let me make it even easier for you and just go to whatisyourwhat.com and you can literally grab a free copy of the entire book. So I'd say start there. Go to whatisyourwhat.com. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I got to say, Steve, I, I love your perspective on things. I love your your commitment to starting with that partnership at home. And, you know, there's so much good stuff for people in here. And I'm, I'm going to be kind of dissecting it for a while, I'm sure. So I just want to thank you again for being on the show today. Yeah. Well, keep up the amazing work and uh, really appreciate you having me on. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday, 
It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.